Hello. In this episode of SEO with Adam, I sit down with Emma Trinder. Um, we're in a co-working space, so it's a little bit noisier than I'd like. Um, so apologies for the background noise. She just has some questions around SEO generally that, um, from some confusion that she has. So there's kind of a preset list that we, we walk through and discuss a, a variety of page speed, image sizing, um, title tags, and content generally, and how best to manage that with a new website. Enjoy. A bit about yourself, who you mm. are, kind of your background, what you're doing, etc. Yeah. Um, and why you need SEO help. Okay, cool. So, um, yeah, my name's Emma Trinder, and I've got quite a few projects going on. Um, I'm predominantly a photographer. Yeah. Um, and I have a photography website, but I've always just met people and directed them to my website. Um, so I've never like been focused on SEO before. Yeah. Um, but I'm starting a new business and I'm sort of moving into a new area. Um, and it's all about mindfulness and teaching children mindfulness um, and hopefully going into schools and sort of implementing it across um, across the whole school in every single year group wow. um, and then creating like a mindful attitude within that school as well. Yeah. So the website that I'm creating is is really for the parents to educate the parents about what their kids are doing at school. Yeah. So they might come home and say like, oh, we did mindfulness practice today. So I want the kids to be able to show their parents the website for them to really understand what's going on and then for the kids to maybe even teach the parents yeah. um, how to sit, how to, how to practice just mindfulness yeah so um so that's kind of the goal so i'm guessing i need to be searchable yeah um and yeah i'd like people to be able to find me rather yeah. than always directing um like on a face-to-face sort of yeah. meeting. So it's, yeah it's interesting because i did a little bit of um kind of research keyword wise around the topics and there's a lot of volume a lot of interest around like mindfulness for teenagers mindfulness for kids mm. those kind of keywords in various forms um it seemed quite like a, a growing industry with the trends going up which mm-hmm. makes sense with the rest of the kind of U- uk's the, the, the market at the minute being more interested in mindfulness as a, as a whole yeah thing so it's really interesting to see that that does have a place for schools as a complete outsider I'd never even thought of that mm-hmm. um, well it's quite a new thing um, it's yeah. something I'm hoping will take off in schools yeah um, and and as an external person coming in to integrate it into the school as well because the, the ones that have implemented it and it's and they are successful they have like a head teacher that's already practicing and then that sort of trickles through yeah um so it's about more than just like a lesson it's, it's the entire culture as you say of the, of the school really definitely they need to adopt the attitude so it's about getting the whole school on board and like you say i think when momentum is building and people are becoming aware of the benefits and yeah. the science is really building as well so um yeah i'm quite hopeful i think if i just can can get this project off the ground now without being distracted with my other yeah, stuff that yeah. pays the bills, <laughs> then, um, then, then yeah, it could be a really good time to move forward with it. Yeah, great. In terms of being discovered for it, so is that going to be your main kind of acquisition channel for schools? Or is it, as you say, it, it, I suppose, why, why do you want to be found in search? Is it for just for you know, the parents to be... Mm-hmm aware of what their kids are doing and it's more of a, a reassurance site for them or is it more of like a sales lead for schools to look at or is it both? Um, I guess it will look good for schools because they want to engage the parents and actively yeah. pull them in um, but 
really it is to educate educate the parents and to spread the message yeah. um, so I want the the kids to may might take home some worksheets and it might have like the little illustrations from the brand yeah. on and, um, and and the actual website written um, so they might be able to just go straight on but they might just say oh we've been practicing mindfulness at school um, and they might not have their bit of paper yeah. so um, more likely than not I imagine yeah <laughs> yeah so I mean uh, straight away I think like so do I need to somehow get into my SEO that I'm currently teaching at such and such a school um, and will that then mean that if they type in mindfulness at their kid's school yeah. will that bring me up and how difficult is that? So that is actually probably one of the easiest ways to get traffic because okay. it's such a specific tool a, spe a specific phrase sorry mm -hmm. that there's not going to be many other people trying to rank for that term it's going to mm -hmm. be quite a unique thing um, the search traffic volume you get from that won't be that high, there won't be that much established traffic, but that's fine because you're using it as like a, as, as an after-sales thing rather than a pre-sales. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're writing like a, a, a blog post or just a, a page on your website that is about that school um, and you're just describing the different things you're doing there, I think it'll be, it'll be fairly natural as long as it, you've got the, the, the school in the title and the, um, in the text mentioned, which will be fairly natural anyway. I don't think you'll have much trouble ranking for that. It'll be a fairly easy okay. thing to search for, which is great. The, the difficulty is if you were trying to s rank for something like um, mindfulness for schools or mindfulness for teenagers, mindfulness for kids, those were all terms when I looked yesterday that were quite difficult. Mm. So they had a lot of competing um, information from other brands or other... Not what you're doing necessarily, so not competitors, but like the NHS or for, from um, the mind of the charity. Yeah. People like that had resources on it, mm. which then may be a bit more difficult for you to, to compete with. Mm -hmm. So you may want to focus on other, other keywords instead. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting what you were saying about it being a resource for teachers. Uh, sorry, for, well, for teachers, I suppose, but also for parents, for the teachers to point parents to, to help answer questions. Mm -hmm. That would be quite a natural way of building traffic, because you can, you can write as if you were talking to the parents naturally. Mm -hmm naturally as a, in a conversational tone and that will help rankings okay so writing around questions is a really good way of being specific um, Google wants to basically serve the, the person that's searching as best as they can so you want to try and answer their and when you're searching you're normally trying to answer a question so you're normally saying like what's the what is the best pub near me what is the nearest you know school to me is, is a question that you're trying to answer so if you if you write as if you're answering questions and if you format the page like that that will naturally help you be more specific than someone like mind or someone like the nhs which may not be targeting those kind of words okay so if you take what your an idea for some content on your website would be the common questions you get from parents or the common complaints from teachers that they get from parents okay and write a page that's just answering all those questions so like an FAQs page? Yes, but I think you, you want to make it a bit more interesting than just an FAQs page. I never yeah. really like pages that are just a list of no. list of text and nothing else. Um, so like the video on your website was really good, I think, because mm. I, I watched the first like three minutes of it, and it was really engaging mm -hmm. content that reassured me as someone who didn't really know what you were you know, potentially offering. Mm -hmm. It could take many different forms, but seeing the kids there talking about it was really nice. Yeah, yeah. So... You might want to put stuff like that on the, on, on that page, or mm -hmm. um, pictures of the lessons, or 
I don't know. You'll, you'll know more about the kind of content you can include on that page, but you, want, you don't want to make it too dry and too FAQ-y. Make okay. it a bit more natural, as if it's a conversation. Yeah. So, addressing their concerns, addressing their interest points and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, I am a complete novice with, with SEO. So, what's the difference between the information that you have on your homepage and then the information you have on the rest of the site? Is Google... Google searching, you said Google searching to um, to best serve its the, their viewers. Yeah. So, um, so I always thought it was about how to name naming things, popping keywords in there. Is it completely different now? No, it, so that's still the same. But okay. my point is, which I didn't explain very well, but the idea is always put the user first. Okay. The whole naming things correctly and, and, and making sure everything's labelled correctly is really important but that's more of a, a kind of, a, of a technical point of view mm-hmm. it is still useful and it's still not saying it's technical doesn't mean it's hard okay. it's just that the reason why it's there is that if you have an image on your website that is called DC at DSC 500 five, and 5 mm-hmm. or you have an image on your website that is called um, classroom dash the school name dash wellbeing yeah, that's going to be more useful to to a, to a human user as well as to Google because Google can read that file name and go, oh, I know what this is about. Oh, the alt text is the same as a file name. Mm-hmm. Let's put this up for this keyword. Um, so, I would never tend to do anything for SEO that isn't good for the user because that's what Google was ranking for. The same with linking and like the, the content of your website and the way you structure that. The homepage is normally going to be the most important, mm-hmm. um, both from Google's point of view and the user's point of view because it is the first page that. People, most people will probably look at on your website mm-hmm. um, and making sure that everything links to other pages structurally mm-hmm. and making sure people can find them and making sure Google can find them are very similar things. Mm-hmm. It's just about making sure you're doing everything in a common sense way to a certain extent. And I think people do get a bit overwhelmed with all the technical potential for it. Yes. And once you get into really difficult SEO, it does get a lot a bit more kind of grindy and technical, a bit more doesn't become less it becomes less common sense almost yeah um because it can just be a bit more you're trying to refine and tweak the website beyond what it already is mm-hmm. at the stage you're at you just want to do it so that it's it's useful for the users so and what if it develops um so at the moment it's very focused on the parents and informing them what if it does develop and i want it to be more focused um, on promoting to, to local schools, to Brighton schools. So here's where you'd probably want to create a new type of, a new section on the website or a new drop down menu that's got different content. You want to personalise ah. these pages. So here's where you, you don't want to try and have a homepage that does everything for everybody. You want to try and, you want to just try and make it the most relevant for the, for the users that you're looking mm-hmm. for. So you have to put yourself in the shoes of the person that you're aiming at and answer those, their questions. Okay. Um, so you'd have like a landing page that may be titled Mindfulness for Brighton Schools mm-hmm. with then content that's just about that. That's yeah. going to rank far better than if you try and include that on your homepage, which has also got content about um, answering questions for parents, for example. Yeah. So try and keep things fairly simple, mm-hmm. keep things locked down, keep things on one topic. I think that's probably what I was trying to, trying to okay. focus on, yeah. yeah. So if you've got a landing page, even if it's sales orientated or information orientated, try and focus it onto one topic mm-hmm. um, because that will just make it easier for Google to know what it's about and help rank it. That's really good on one topic. Cool. I like yeah, that. Yeah. Excellent. Um, 
so so yeah going back to pictures and like naming photos naming icons things like that yeah um I mean, does the length of the name matter? Because if I start putting in all of the detail, all of a sudden I've got the longest name. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, it just seems silly. <laughs> so. Again, bring it back to, to, the, to writing it for the user. Mm. If, if it looks silly, it's probably not, it's probably not right. <laughs> yeah. Try and keep it so that if, if you're describing it to somebody, how would you describe it? If you're probably describing it like five words or less, say, mm-hmm. you know, just don't go too mad with it trying to stuff all the keywords in because it's not going to really help anyone. Okay. So yeah, just try and be sensible with it, really. Mm-hmm. And what about the, the, the order of the words? Like, you do the most important one first, is that one? Yeah, I think so. Um, again, I don't think it makes a huge amount of difference. Okay. Um, but I would probably put the, the most important first. Okay. Just because it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly with, like, title tags, there is some data to suggest that the the sooner the the, the phrase or word that you're trying to rank for is in the, in the title tag, the better it is. Mm-hmm. Is that because of, this is where it gets a little bit more technical, because then it's like, is that Google ranking it better because of that, or is it because the link in, in, in the search results page gets better click-through rate because users are finding it more useful because they're reading those first two words, it's what they're looking for, so they hit it quicker, yes. and that is then making Google rank it better. Oh, I see. So, I, d- I don't know enough about that level of, you have to do like huge research on, on that, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, it's just like what's useful for the person. Okay, okay. Um, also... My so my website's going to be called One Mind. I've taken inspiration from Platform Nine, yeah. obviously, yeah. and um, and yeah, because all the mindfulness um, dot com dot co uk obviously they're all gone. They've yeah. all been taken. Yeah. Um, all the great names have been taken. Um, so so yeah, I kept thinking One Mind. We're all one, like bringing people together. We're all the same. Um, so yeah, One Mind became quite natural. But then. I guess it's either going to make it really easy to find or really, really difficult yeah. to find. And I think it can be both, and I think it might be both. Mm-hmm. So having numbers in domain names isn't ideal, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, okay. I don't think it's the end so of the world. Mm-hmm. It's just not great best practice. But okay. if you've got a really strong brand identity, which I think you have, mm-hmm. you're quite a specific company, you've got a niche that you're, you're targeting, mm-hmm. um, it means that people are probably going to find you. There's not that many competitors mm-hmm. in your industry at the minute. Yeah. Um, so I think people will still be able to find you fairly easily, even with that. Okay. With kind of the slight potential negative of having a, a number in the domain name. So um, is there a way that I can put in, obviously, the words one mind and then the word written M1ND? Like, do I need them both there very often within the site to be found? Or um, Again, it comes back to just making sure it's oh, as, as easy would have, so that yeah. on the home page you'd have like M1ND at the top, probably in, like the, in the header part, because that's like the main, it's the name of the website, so that's going to be the page title anyway, yeah. and it's going to be on the home page anyway, and you'll mention it throughout your kind of about us sections or everything like that. Mm-hmm. It'll all be fairly naturally flowing, so I wouldn't yeah. be too concerned about trying to make sure it's over uh, yeah. present. Okay. Um, yeah. Just what, write it so that it, it is present but not in your face too much. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. then if people write in the words yeah. one mind, oh, I, see what I guess, okay, I well, guess it's with... not going to come up at all, is it? I said an interesting, probably mm. not. So taking Platform 9 as an example, mm. mm-hmm. it's this is one thing I've noticed with them because mm. there is an actual company called Platform and then the number 9. Yeah. So they always come up first when you search for Platform 9. 
with one mind, I imagine that the mind of charity will come up a lot more. Yeah. Because they're big. They're big, and they've just got the word mind mm. in the title. Um, ignoring the one bit, that doesn't necessarily, that's not going to make as much difference. Mm-hmm. Um, at least to start off with. Once you're more established, it might be that you'll start ranking more. But mm-hmm. I expect that to take about a year to fully propagate because oh, okay. once you get more uh, media coverage and kind of links to your site and just and your website's more f- like fleshed out naturally, mm-hmm. Google will know more about what you're at, what you're about. Okay. Um, so maybe you want to have a section of your website that explains how you say the word M one and D. Yes. And say it's one mind and explain behind it. Okay. Because that should then help. Mm-hmm. I don't think that'll be enough. I think mm-hmm. you just have to be patient with it, really. Okay. Which is the kind of the difficulty of, of choosing a unique brand. Because yes. it's, it's catch-22. You, you want to be unique, but you don't want to be too... Mm. So niche that no one can find you. So, yeah. It, it, yeah. Okay, that's really good. That's really good to know. So the other thing I was interested to know about is, yeah. like, size of photos versus quality. So this isn't just with the One Mind stuff, this is my own photography website. Too. Oh, I see, okay. The constant battle of uploading an image and having to make it so small that it hasn't got that beautiful sharp edge anymore um so so yeah i haven't had that problem yet with one mind but i know i will do because i want to film film the sessions and take some nice photos of the classrooms and stuff yeah put more imagery on there yeah so the reason why let's take it back to why seo and like image size matters Mm. the reason why is that Bigger images take longer to load. Mm-hmm. Um, the slower a website is, the worse Google will penalise it. Okay. So the idea, or well not penalise it, but the, the, the less well it will try and rank it or reward okay. it. Um, the idea being that Google will rank, so from a technical point of view, within, um, if I'm auditing a website for SEO, I will use the light speed tool that um, so Google has, which then assess the page on it, how quickly it loads mm-hmm. based on like a 3G connection that is throttled on a like four-year-old phone. Okay. So it's quite harsh in how it judges it. Yeah. Um, the idea being that if I was somewhere quite remote trying to load your website, would I be able to get the access, the information that I need from it? Mm. If your website is full of 10 megabyte-sized images, um, then it's not going to load that quickly and I'll, I'll have quite a bad experience. Mm. If it's fully compressed and it's, you know, it's really quick to load, then I'll be able to access the information and that's going to be much better for me as a, as, as a much better experience for me as a user. Okay. That's where it's coming from. So this is yeah. where then the balance comes into play. Mm-hmm. You want to have big enough images on your website that they look nice, mm. don't look terrible and give users the information or context that they need. Yeah. And photography websites are ones that are a bit more difficult because I think mm. you probably would get, you'd want to have larger files, yeah. um, which again it, it is potentially fine, but mm-hmm. you don't want to have them so big, you don't want to be uploading them in raw you format, would, you no. want to like resize them, compress them and just find that balance of compression versus image quality. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's about finding the balance mm-hmm. really and what you're comfortable with. It would be easier to, for me to assess this if you actually, if you had a page with the images on, I'd be able to say well actually if you use these tools it will compress them down. Okay. How are you building the website? Um, my the the one mind one is a Wix website, yeah. so it's super simple. The other one is I'm working with a web developer, um, the photography website, and he uses WordPress. Okay. Um, and I do have like a he's built in like a compressor for me. That's good. Um, and 
so that's wonderful when I upload the pictures they all sort of seem to crunch crunch down yeah um, and I think they seem like they're they're fast enough um, but yeah maybe maybe I'm, I'm not too sure but I don't with the one mind stuff I don't even know what to do because he's built that compressor in so I'm literally just going into Photoshop um, cropping it to the to the sort of pixel size yeah. that, that it recommends on Google yeah. and then um, and then yeah uploading it from there like save the web yeah yeah but there's probably a better tool that I can use to batch process and... There's a couple of tools for that are designed for kind of image compression and mm -hmm. you will see some loss in image quality so but there's not, there'll be slightly to adjust how much. Mm -hmm. There's, I think it's called Tiny Panda. I like the name. Or tiny, I think maybe it's Tiny PNG but the branding <laughs> is a panda which is okay. why I'm saying it. Yeah, t Tiny PNG, okay. also Tiny JPEG. Um, that lets you do it in batch. Okay. Another tool that I think Google actually developed is called Squoosh, S-Q-O-O-S-H, dot app, I think it is. Um, again, really quick, minimalist, but it will compress it down and then you can export to different formats. I imagine that Wix will have a, a, an optimization process already inbuilt to help mm -hmm. with that, so you might not have to worry too much. Okay. Again, I'd have to see the website first to kind of do the audits on it, just to see how, how it was rendering it. It's yeah. quite hard to say. But yeah, okay. best practices. Don't save it bigger than you need to. Yeah. Kind of a pixel size and make sure you're saving it for web and compressing mm -hmm. it. Um, as long as you do all those, that's a great start. And then from there, you can then look at it and go, actually, this one website is, is six megabytes. This one image is six websites. This one image is six megabytes on this website. Um, it's too big. Doesn't need to be that big. Get rid of it. You can, you can upload it as hundred pixels and it's it's gonna have the same experience for the for the for the user so okay okay so I've been trying my best to research and yeah. a lot of websites were saying that you need to um, uh, make your images suitable for the bandwidth of your viewer yeah so is, this is that just crazy complex that I don't need to worry about at the moment it goes back to what we said earlier so the idea is that if you're if you're on if you're on mobile in a field somewhere trying to access the website and that is your average user, yeah. then you probably don't want to have images on the website at all. Mm. If most people are browsing your website from a desktop, mm -hmm. from an like intercity location, mm -hmm. um, on an on a ethernet connection, then you're not going to have any issues with, 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 with kind of loading speed. Okay. So what they're saying about the bandwidth is, who is your target audience? Are they using it on mobile? Are they using it on desktop? Mm -hmm. What is their internet connection like? Um, if their internet connection is really good, you can be a little bit more relaxed and a bit like lazier with, with your image compression. Mm -hmm. If they're accessing it on like a really slow connection, you want to be as optimised as you possibly can to make sure that your website is, is as quick as possible yeah. for them. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. I've not really come across that, that kind of that terming before. Yeah, it's a little yeah. bit unnecessarily confusing because mm. um, it is just basically saying don't, don't be too lazy was the image like uploading yeah. process. Well, I'm glad you said that because it just boggled me. I thought, oh, this is so much more complicated than I yeah. ever gave it credit for. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> just, who is your user? Think of them. And yeah. how, are they, how are they accessing your website? Okay. And build it around that. Cool. Great. That's really good. Quick point on that, actually, though. Um, Google is ranking now for mobile first. So ah. this is why the kind of the page speed is so important, is that um, because they are up to the, the, the ranking websites based on their mobile performance. Mm -hmm. So you want to build it as if everyone's access, accessing it from a mobile. Mm -hmm. um, which I'd be interested to see stats for your school website, because mm -hmm. I imagine that 
it falls into two kind of quite distinct user groups where you might have teachers, mm -hmm. which are likely to be accessing it from a desktop or laptop, yeah. than parents, which are probably doing it on mobile. Yeah, yeah. So there's a bit of a balancer. Mm, yeah. mm. So another thing I wanted to talk about was was content. I always hear this 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 phrase, yeah. content is king. Yeah. Um, and I have done some design work and some photography stuff for digital marketing agencies and they always seem to be using infographics um, as as a way to bulk out and create content that's useful for the user yeah um, but I really don't understand how that improves SEO because obviously really the content the idea of content is that it it is for SEO is that yeah. right like yeah, why yeah. have the content if it's not for SEO well the idea is is that if you've got a website and I think photography websites especially do kind of suffer from this. Mm. If you've got a website that has no written content on it, mm -hmm. Google will find it difficult to understand what your website is about. Okay. If you have a website that has got 10,000 words on, it's going to have a better idea of what that website, who it's for, what, what it's doing, mm. what kind of keywords they're trying to target. So there's a balance here. The infographics, let's just split this down into several sure. sections because I think there's a little bit of kind of confusion overlap here. Uh, content is king kind of tends to refer to blog posts and answering questions for users so this comes back to the FAQ section for lack of a better word okay where that'll be really useful to have a lot of content there mm. because it will help Google read that and then if people are searching for you know what is mental health for children or you know, what is uh, mindfulness for teenagers at my school yeah it will then go oh well this person's written 2,000 words on the topic let's let's serve that to them that'll be quite useful let's mm. let's, let's link them to this website the infographics is more for backlinking. It's more of a tactic for, for getting links to your site. Ah. <clears throat> the idea being that if you create a really nice infographic that simplifies quite a complex issue, mm -hmm. um, and I've done this for, for one of my clients where we took kind of the, the legal, um, the law, that's, that's probably the word I'm looking for, yeah. the, the law around like electric bikes, so electric mopeds and electric pedal bikes. So there's a lot of confusion, like electric scooters as well. Mm -hmm. And then we put it on the website. That will naturally start adding links because other forums started going. Oh, this is a really this is a, it's a useful visual simplification of the law. So rather than going to the Gov UK website and having to read three thousand words about it and try and decipher it, there's an infographic that is quite visual. You look at it and go, oh, that's really simple. I now know what I mean. Let's link to that as a as a, as a useful thing to other users. Mm -hmm. And you can then take that infographic to blogs or to forums or to other industry leaders and go we've made this infographic it's really useful we've had really good response to it okay. would you mind sharing it on your website and then link to us and they'll ah. then might go yes and then that okay. is a way to get the link back to your site which is a google ranking factor and quite an important one because um, the more links you have to your site the more relevant potentially you are um, there's kind of argument in the seo community at the minute that backlinking might be being made less important but it's yeah. always going to be a factor mm -hmm. the way I talk about backlinking and find it quite useful is that if you know someone if, if you were hiring somebody for a job there's one person that you've never met before you don't know anything about hasn't got a CV versus a person that four of your friends have recommended as being excellent um, and has got like a, a two-page CV full of information about themselves okay. you're more likely to hire the person that's being recommended yeah. by your friends usually put them to backlinks and they've got yeah. a CV which is the content Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of how I try and simplify that a little bit because backlinking yeah. as a strategy 
can be it's quite time consuming because you have to create infographics and, and try and reach out to people and, and, and say to them look can you put this on our, on our website okay um, yeah so you don't just put it out there and people adopt it you need to approach people and sort of push it yeah okay though so it, it can work the other way because i was quite surprised with the using this example of the law thing mm -hmm. that didn't naturally get linked to from quite a few forums because mm -hmm. it was the only resource out there that made it simple for people okay um every other blog article out there was just a long rambling yeah. list of information about the law that has sort of rewritten rather than trying to repackage. So how do you give your infographic clout? Like how do people know they can trust your information? It's a big question. <laughs> I imagine a lot of them will normally have at the bottom um, mm. like sources information. Mm -hmm. um, like little asterisks with links to other sites because if you have it as a PDF you can have it so that you can link through to it um, but generally that's really around your brand and how much people trust your brand okay um, yeah I don't, I don't know I've not used infographics that much for, for that kind of backlinks really so mm. I think that is a strategy in itself that someone will know a lot more about it than I do yeah yeah cool no that's really helpful yeah. Mm. oh yeah so audio works in a similar way Yes, that was it. Mm. Mm -hmm. So what I had to do here, this is about, do you have like, interviews with people? Or? Um, so I would like to uh, record some of the mindful guided practice. Yeah. For, they're very short because they're designed for children, but I think that the children might like to share them with their parents and with sit, sit and, and do this with their parents. Um, so it means that they can... They can just just play, press play, and and there we go. Yeah. Um, so, is is there any way? I guess I'd need to promote it in a similar way, that, and and send it to schools, send it to companies. I mean, what I probably do is have a section, a section on your website, like a samples mm -hmm. section, but get the um, sessions transcribed. Okay, transcribed. Because okay. then you've got then you've got content that Google can read quite easily mm. um, on on the on the page. Um, but yeah, again, it depends on how you're using those audio samples because it might be mm. those more promotional tools so can see what you're doing, how you're doing it, why it's good, mm. and, you know, how accessible it is. Mm. Um, audio is a bit difficult. I think the only way really is to transcribe it okay. as an SEO uh, tool. Mm. Audio is not that useful. Mm. Uh, it's more of a user experience thing where yeah. if it is just useful for, for a conversion rate point of view, people can see it is more useful. Um, than just having, oh, I'm really good at this. You go, well, here's what I'm doing. Here's why it's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I imagine like little uh, Google bots, like searching, searching the the site. Yeah. Um, and if if so, if I have an audio and then I have a button underneath, um, which kind of says, I don't know, like links to the transcription, yeah. but it's hidden yeah. in like a concertina. Yeah. Would that still be readable by Google, or is that it, just? It hidden? should be. It should be. Okay. It depends on how the website is set up okay. again that's where technical SEO starts coming in mm. it's a bit more how the page is built mm -hmm. how that concertina expands okay. what script is using that is it being hidden from Google etc ah. but Google is pretty clever now at reading any any type of website okay. and understanding it really well so it should be able to access that and read it especially I'd imagine with something like Wix where I would hope that they would be building it so that it could be accessed yeah okay that's really useful yeah cool Audio is interesting because I think it's it's more and more becoming more common uh, with like podcasts and mm. and just generally being it's quite easy to do good audio now. So mm -hmm. how to handle that and make that work for you on your website yeah, as content yeah, is a bit of a challenge. Yeah, there are quite a few like free or cheap 
transcribing tools out there, I think. Mm. So mm -hmm. it's worth having a Google. Yeah, yeah, I think I do know one um, called Three Play. They're really cheap and they're always spot on. So yeah. Okay, um, so one of the other things, so I've always kind of thought like what what if I'm not that fussed about my business ranking high on Google Yeah. Um, and making local contacts face to face, um, <laughs> is, is, is SEO still important and why? This is an interesting and very big question um, mm -hmm. and one that the previous podcast I recorded actually is quite, we touched on this topic. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the guys here, Andy, runs a web design agency mm -hmm. uh, for this like website builds, and he was saying that it's quite. There's so many different web design. It's a saturated market in Brighton. The amount of web designers are, are, are all targeting different niches. Mm -hmm. um, so it's really hard for him to rank quite highly for that. And then the question is, is like, well, is SEO the right marketing channel for you? Because mm -hmm. if you if you don't get that much work from it, is it worth spending your time on it? Um, for him, yeah, the answer was yeah, maybe not because the search volumes were so low that even if he did it really well, it would only be a few hundred people a month that would find his website. Mm -hmm. um, this is where keyword research is really important in the start of like any SEO topic, really. I'd recommend looking into keyword research um, purely because that, that this will help validate the idea of is it, is it worth is it worth you spending your time on it? What is the potential reward for you doing it really well? Mm -hmm. So if you search for a term that it's quite easy to rank for, that has got 10,000 people searching every month for it, that's clearly going to be a really useful amount of business for your site that you can kind of monetize in some way or mm. you can you can help answer their questions. If it's only 10, maybe you should focus on, you know, talking to people instead. Yeah. Especially for, I'd be interested in, in this as a, as a business because it's quite new mm. so a lot of times for emerging markets or for kind of emerging business ideas it's hard to judge this because there's not enough keyword uh, demand or keyword history yeah. in terms of volume mm -hmm. so for one of again for one of my clients it's a new product that's come out for all the keyword tools say it gets no searches a month but we know that the landing page gets a few hundred hits a month mm -hmm. purely from yeah. um, Google right. so it's clear that the product is so new that the keyword talks haven't caught up yet and don't have that data yet so it's always a little bit of a, uh, a grey area but it's, it's good to kind of get a rough idea on what potential there is. Um, doing SEO for your website can be quite basic it doesn't take a lot of time to do it well it just depends on how much time you want to invest into it depending on what, what end goal you have. Um, so you do kind of have to question your what your business is, why 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 do you want people to reach your website? Mm -hmm. From what you're saying, it's mostly around being a, a resource for parents who have got kids at the, the school that are doing it. Mm -hmm. So then the answer is yes, you do want to be found by Google and mm -hmm. it should be fairly easy for you to do so. So you do want to just optimise your pages in a very basic way okay. for the school and for the for the, the key term of mindfulness or the course or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. no, whatever the course is called that you're running there. Um, is it worth you optimising for keywords that are really difficult that maybe like Mind the Charity are, are optimised for and yeah. trying to compete with them? Probably not worth it because mm. you can spend your time instead going to individuals and trying to raise awareness that way and mm -hmm. going to schools. Um, so I would, I to answer that question properly, I think you have to do two things. Yeah. Keyword research and try and build a few user personas. So what does your okay. ideal user look like or your ideal customer look like? Obviously it's probably a, it's probably a school, so you could 
build content purely for schools and it might be that that is quite an easy term to, to, to rank for mm-hmm. um, because it's so niche whereas so to give an example of what I mean is mindfulness classes for schools as a term might be a lot easier to rank for than mindfulness classes for teenagers because the teenagers term is going to have resources from the NHS and from uh, Mind, the charity mm-hmm. whereas the mindfulness classes for schools is less likely to, although it's a very similar topic yeah. The what the user is looking for is completely different. Okay. Does that yeah. answer the question? Yeah, that's, that's really helpful. Good. I wasn't sure if I've gone too much down a, down a rabbit hole there of kind of talking about things. No, I know. It's really, really, really good. Thank you so much. Yeah. I think SEO is useful because it's just the, the scale you can gain from it is, is quite big. So mm. it can be quite a cheap marketing channel mm-hmm. if you've got time to invest. But you do have to sometimes take a view, especially as a, as a sole business owner yeah. of your time is limited and SEO can be very time intensive so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is it worth you focusing on your you know your efforts elsewhere or yeah um, I think is it going to be actually provide some quite easy wins some easy traffic for you yeah yes all balancing game then exactly. yeah balance, balance is always the key word yeah yeah, yeah. key, key phrase <laughs> Cool. Any other questions at all? Or? I think that's I think that's all the questions from me actually. Thank you, Adam. Perfect. Well, thank you. It's been it's interesting. It's such a new business idea. It'll be interesting to see how you go and how you get on. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Thank, thank you very much. Very much. Cheers. Cheers.